Hello and welcome to the Combat and Classics Podcast. This is Brian Wilson in Dallas, Texas. Shiloh Brooks at Princeton University in Princeton, New Jersey. And Jeff Black at St. John's College in Annapolis, Maryland. And congrats on the new gig, Shiloh. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome to Jersey. <laughs> um, <laughs> I used to I used to live right down the road. Um, yeah. So, but don't don't go to Cecil County, Maryland. You're not missing anything. Uh, <laughs> hello to our listener. Shout out to our Maryland. Uh, Shout out to our Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't feel like we have a lot of listeners in Cecil County, Maryland. Yeah. But um, if there are, drop us a line. I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear from you. Um, yeah, you can tell us what you don't like about us. Tell us what you don't like about the comment. We're always open to feedback. Um, so, book 17. I'm going to give uh, a, a summary here, and Jeff's going to ask a question. So, the, the summary of book 17 is Patroclus has been killed. Uh, Menelaus stands astride the body and sees Trojans bearing down on him and sees Hector bearing down on him. Um, and he's like, uh oh, this is a problem. So, he actually leaves the body um, after talking some smack, which I found interesting. Uh, and goes and grabs, is it Ajax, guys? Help me out. Goes and talks to Ajax. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's Ajax, come help me. Um, and uh, they go back, they defend the body, they send a message, a messenger back to Achilles to let him know um, what's going on. Uh, how's that? That's a short summary, but I think that's pretty much it. So there, yeah. there, we'll, we'll talk more in depth, dear listener. As we go, but Jeff, give us a, uh, a rousing opening question to make up for my bad summary. Yeah, yeah, no, this will this will follow right on the summary because the summary um, is hard to make. Uh, they're just fighting over this body for the whole book, right? So the book starts um, right after Patroclus dies. He is now a body, if I can put it that way, and it ends when Achilles hears that Patroclus is dead. Book eighteen is going to start with Achilles' reaction. Um, so why is there a whole book? about Patroclus's body. That's the thing that kind of puzzles me. And it looks to me like the reason there can be um, a whole book is because the news of Patroclus' death doesn't get out quickly, right? In other words, the book ends as soon as Achilles hears that Patroclus is dead. That means that the book lasts as long as it takes to get the news out there. Um, and why does the news take so long to get out? It turns out that part of the battlefield is in darkness. Um, Zeus has put darkness over part of the battlefield where the chiefs of both sides are fighting. And so nobody can see what's going on in there. And Achilles, who's waiting by the ships and really worried something, we'll find out in book 18, you know, he thinks something has gone wrong. He's pretty sure. But he's not going to get the information until this darkness is lifted. So it looks like, if I could put it this way, Zeus takes measures to ensure that book 17 is as long as it is. <laughs> Right? That there's a time spent fighting over the body. And um, it's not just the body, it's also the armor of Patroclus. And it's the horses, the immortal horses of um, Patroclus, of Achilles, right? They were his horses, it was his armor too. Um, so my question is about that. There's something that Zeus says about the um, horses and then about human beings that we can talk about in a little bit. Um, because it seems kind of exceptional to me. Um, but just to start with a more general question, uh, this is what I'm thinking about. Patroclus is dead, but now we're concerned with his armor, his body, and his horses. Why are those things important, or what do they mean? Why do we care about those things now that he's dead? I mean, my, my TV producer friend, Winona, um, 
she mentioned this after I came up with a reality TV show called Undercover Vermonter. Um, <laughs> said, how are you going to raise the stakes? Yeah. How do you keep the audience interested? Um, and so you know that we're getting... Uh, so from a story structure standpoint, like you know to, at some degree that the response of Achilles is kind of what we're waiting for. Mm-hmm. We're waiting for how is Achilles going to deal with it? What is going to happen? Is the plan for him to come back in the fight going to happen? But how can we delay that? How can we push that off a bit? And how can we raise the stakes? So Brian's you know, hypothesis, or at least one small part of it, is that you know the author wants to raise the stakes wants to draw out the tension and so a a bloody battle over a single um objective right is something that draws the audience in right i mean we talked about how this is you know the dinner party uh entertainment uh and this is common in in military uh stories right whether it's Mm -hmm. memoir or fiction is like you know hamburger hill it's you know or the the battle of caisson right it's we try to focus on one thing and kind of zero in on one thing and it gets the audience's attention mm-hmm. so uh i'm sure that's not the whole thing i'm sure that no there are probably few reality tv producers that were advising homer during the editing process yeah. but um it, it at least it does it for me i'll say that that's my response to it is like you're it is striking because it's not this like battle that jumps around, which is what we've seen in the past, right? We've seen in the past where it's like, and then these two people battled, and then this person got killed, and then this person shot an arrow and killed this person. It is focusing on that one thing, uh, Patroclus's body, with some extra stuff, right? The armor and the horses. Mm-hmm. But it is it does seem to be mainly the body that Menelaus and Ajax and the other Achaeans are like very laser focused on getting back. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, what I, I found, I found re-listening to these that what I usually do is basically take you guys' question and restate it because I have nothing original to offer. So I, (laughs) why, what, what is the, what is the uniqueness of Patroclus, of getting Patroclus' body during the fight? Because, you know, usually, and this, this might be easy, it might just because Hector is like try to cut his head off at some mm-hmm. point and maybe that's the thing that raises the stakes because in the past this is so long-winded um in the past you know they basically say okay we're gonna call a truce and everybody can retrieve the bodies right but for for this case hector wants to cut the head off which seems a lot out of character for him um and so maybe it's again raising the stakes but um yeah why is this body so important compared to all the others is i guess another way to ask your question Jeff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it well? I don't know why it's so important, but I mean, just what strikes me for for just a moment when reading the book, I think you guys are absolutely right that uh, the body and the word body and getting the body <laughs> appears everywhere, and it made me think that uh, about the fact that that he that Patroclus is embodied, just mm-hmm. the just the fact that this you know that he's embodied, um, because there are these other people, not people, these other beings who are not embodied. And I thought this is a really interesting book insofar as you've got these gods in the background um, manipulating these men who are worried about a body. Presumably a god can't die, but if a god could die, it wouldn't have a body. Uh, it's, mm. un, you know, it's, not, it's not clear to me. And so this seems to be something unique to, um, to the men on the field. And I don't know if you have something in mind there, but I, I just was reminded, uh, Brian, you mentioned Hector wants to cut off 
and defile, therefore, the body of Patroclus. Well, in the next book, which we'll get to, Achilles says he wants to cut Hector's head off. Mm-hmm. Um, and he won't rest until that happens. And so you get this now among the men, um, war over the bodies and what the body's going to look like and who's going to have the body. And for some reason, this matters. And you would think that to Athena or to Zeus, I would think this would be a little bit weird. I mean, they're probably used to it by now, but they're probably like, well, you, you know, <laughs> what the hell's wrong? These people are, are crazy, you know. So, so I don't know what, what you make of that or what Homer's trying to 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 show with that contrast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think both of the things you guys are saying make a lot of sense to me. First, the um, postponement of, I'll use the technical Greek term, Achilles losing his shit, right? We know this is going to happen, but uh, it not happening for a whole book does make the weight of its happening in book 18 heavier. I think that's right. Um, But also this this question of, um, is the body Patroclus or is it not Patroclus? Um, and I, I find that really interesting. I think it was a long, long time ago, but I think we said something when we were talking about the difference between the mortals and the immortals. Uh, we said something like, well, the gods are interested in human beings because uh, gods are immortal, and so uh, nothing they do really has any stakes or any weight because there's not going to be any kind of final outcome to anything that they do, right? Now, we might want to bracket that because we know gods can be displaced by other gods and it looks like there might be changes that can happen up there. But generally speaking, the gods are not going to die. They're not mortals. Um, And so the mortals have the higher stakes and that's why the gods are interested in them. They watch these poor folks who have to put their all into everything because they might die. Um, But I was thinking there might be a flip side to this and I'd be interested in, in... how you guys see the weight of the two sides. Um, Once you're dead, if you're really dead, you're out of the game, right? I mean, leaving the question of the afterlife out of consideration for a minute. Um, You know, you can't do anything more to a mortal than kill them, can you? So are you saying that it's odd, given the fact that you can't do anything more to a mortal than kill them, that the people, Menelaus, Ajax, Hector, don't consider Patroclus out of the game somehow? He's not out of the game. Yeah, yeah, and I think, I think it means there's some kind of confusion or ambiguity about whether dying is the worst thing that can happen to you or the last thing that can happen to you. We put, we put such stock in this, right? Like, collectively, societies, no matter where you're at, more or less, Put such stock in this defiling of bodies as something abhorrent, right? But it's uh, is it? It's not necessarily abhorrent to the person, right? Because they're they're gone. Yeah, <laughs> like they're they're no longer the person. So it it might be some symbol of defiling of a group of people, right? That this is the this is the ultimate insult to the people closest to this person. Um, and for some reason, maybe that's why Menelaus and Ajax have such a strong response that we don't see about, you know, other of their comrades' bodies is that, you know, doing this to Patroclus for some reason is is just not something that they're going to allow. And they'll risk, the, risk their own personal safety to a degree that maybe they wouldn't for somebody else. Because, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like in, in Marine Corps land, it's you continue the fight, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's retrieving the bodies is 
an incredibly important aspect of what you do. You certainly don't retreat without the bodies, but you still try to achieve the objective, right? Mm -hmm. But maybe because the Greeks militarily, you know, I don't know what they're doing, honestly, mm -hmm. right now, mm -hmm. right? And, and and I don't know what they've been doing for the last nine years because, you know, attacking and, and, and sacking Troy seems to have been kind of, a, I don't know, a little bit of an afterthought or a little bit of like, ah, it'll happen sooner or later. Um, so without that mission, you know, objective, uh, it is kind of up to whoever's on the ground to kind of figure it out. And it seems like through that lack of kind of command and control, um, that lack of commander's intent, that, you know, you have folks that are just responding and reacting emotionally to some degree. And that emotion is we have to protect the body. Mm -hmm. um, but, but why Patroclus is such and why Patroclus' body specifically is so important to them, like, I'm, I'm a little fuzzy on. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. They seem to know, I mean, you wonder if they don't know that Achilles will want the body, too. I mean, it just occurs to me that if they don't get it, he's probably going to be pretty mad, and they're trying to get him back into the fight. And then, I, again, I continue to spoil the next book, but I don't think this is the central part of the next book, so I don't, I'm not bothered by it. They... Um, Achilles will have the body cleaned of its wounds and covered with oil, and he says that he will refuse to bury it um, until Hector is dead. Mm -hmm. And so whatever fascination there is with the bodies, the way you, Brian, and, and Jeff are saying, Achilles is not free from it, and it, it, it may be the worst, you know, the worst offender in some ways. Mm -hmm. It's also interesting because you know, Menelaus and Ajax are not in on the plan, it seems, right? They're not in on the plan of let's get Patroclus dressed up in Achilles' armor, let's get him killed. and um, Or, you know, he, win, he either leads the Greeks to victory or he gets killed and Achilles is back. Um, you know, the third part of that plan is if Hector defiles the body or has the body, Achilles is not waiting for Hephaestus to build the armor. You know, mm -hmm. Achilles is over the wall with a sword immediately, one would think. And so it goes to show how, uh, I don't know, I don't, know what, I don't know if I want to use the, the word cunning. Let's, let, let's use metis. Let's use the, the Greek word, right? Am I using the right Greek word? Yeah, uh, yeah that's yeah, one of them. Metis, yeah. yeah. Uh, in describing Odysseus, at least. Um, and I'll extend that to Nestor. Of there's not really a downside for the Greek army for Patroclus going out into battle. Whether he wins, he gets killed, he gets killed and his body is defiled. Like it's all upside for the Greeks. The only person that's uh, the downside for is Patroclus specifically. Um, so I guess I guess I'm wondering somewhat. Um, I would. Oh, there's one little side thing. Uh, Zeus mentions that this is part of Hera's plan. Mm. Uh, and is that this book or is the next one? I don't want to jump too far ahead. Um, they have a short exchange in the next book where he rebukes her for uh, sending okay. Iris down to get a kid. Oh, it's just go. the Iris thing. Yeah, yeah. The way it, the way it was framed was uh, okay. Then we'll skip that, or we're going to keep it in because I, I don't. We're not we're not doing enough editing on here to actually take out the <laughs> things I say. Otherwise, we <laughs> I wouldn't be on, in the pot at all. Um, so yeah, I guess my point was something like. Um, Actually, no, I think I've lost the thread. 
Well, there was one question, one question you raised that I, I think we can come back to in, in a second, which is whether it's specifically Patroclus's body or whether it's in principle anybody's body that has this status. Um, but there was, some, there was an image I wanted to direct us to, which I find a tremendously weird image, but it, it might be really helpful in this context. It starts at line 384 of book 17. And, uh, you know, we've had 383 lines, I guess, by now of people going back and forth, back and forth over Patroclus's body. And it's gotten particularly intense. And Homer says, yeah, it's just like when people get in a town, get this bull hide and everybody gets together and they all grab a piece and they all pull and it's been covered in fat and the water comes out of it and the fat goes into it. And I was just thinking, you know, what, what in the world is he talking about? Now, it, on, on one level, I think it's perfectly clear, right? You've got this piece of flesh, carrion, if you will, right? That's just being yanked at by a bunch of people. Okay. But the, what's happening to Patroclus's body is competitive, right? Two sides of the military. What's the, the simile here, the metaphor, is cooperative. It looks to me like these are a bunch of townspeople. What are they doing? They're turning a piece of a carcass into a um, bullhide, into a piece of property or even a valuable possession, right? And so I have the sense that there's some reflection here on the body as a kind of thing or commodity. Um, it's not exactly a Homeric word, but a, a thing that's more like the armor or like the horses, and that's why they're all together as um, secondary objects now that Patroclus is dead that people are running around trying to grab. I mean, the, the, the book begins with fighting over a body, right? It, it, it begins with fighting over Perseus. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying the parallels there that Homer uses in terms of who is... Uh, who is property owners and who is property. Um, but yeah, that cooperative piece of the bullhide, I, I see what you're saying, Jeff, and it is weird. It is confusing. The only thing I can think of to some degree is that, you know, presumably some of Homer's audience would understand um, the amount of effort that's going into trying to, I can't imagine pulling on a bullhide. If you got to get a whole village to do it, I, I imagine it's pretty hard. Mm -hmm. So the exertion that one must uh, attempt to stretch out that bullhide, um, maybe these people have seen and, and understand to a certain degree. It's something that resonates with them as a metaphor. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the cooperative thing versus the competitive thing is, is certainly different. Um, in the two cases, it's, it seems, I mean, is there a cooperative component to, you know, what the Trojans and the Greeks are doing right now? Mm -hmm. They at least agree about the status of the body, it looks like, right? The body is a thing that's worth having, the one to defile it and the other one to somehow, I think, preserve it um, as if it were not wounded until, you know, to follow up on Shiloh's suggestion, until the scales are balanced and Hector is dead and defiled, by the way. Yeah. And it's not, is it every, you asked this earlier, Jeff, is it everybody? Because like at the beginning of book 17, there's this guy, Euphorbus, I think that's mm. his name. And Menelaus just like puts a spear through that dude. 
And so you, and nobody's like, we have to get Euphorbus's body right now. I mean, in other words, I'm taking your, your, um, your commodity metaphor to its max. It seems like there's a market and there's value perceived by two transactional actors. And the value is that this is Patroclus and this is Achilles' dearest friend. And that lends it a value as a commodity that the body of Euphorbus or any other old Joe who gets a spear put through him in the Iliad, those bodies don't have that value. And so there's some way of making, of making the body a, a commodity which, whose value is based on moral circumstances um, that other bodies aren't, the value of other bodies are not subject to those same moral circumstances. And so their value, while still high, because everyone wants to get the bodies back and do right by the gods and such, it's not the same. And so I do, I, I can see now maybe that Patroclus's body is something unique. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just to push that even further in that direction, there's that funny argument between Glaucus and um, Hector, yeah. where Glaucus <laughs> says, Hector, what the hell are you doing fighting yeah. over this body? Sarpedon was just killed, and you didn't do anything about his body, right? And you think, oh yeah, Glaucus is really pissed off because Sarpedon's body is, is obviously you know, something to be revered and has to be taken care of. And, and, yeah. and Glaucus concludes <laughs> by saying, so you go get Patroclus's body so we can trade it for Sarpedon's body. That's obviously what, you know, we want to do. So, so yeah, I mean, I guess I, I'm really interested in trying to think through where this value comes from. And I think I agree that it's the bodies do not have equal value. It looks like it's proportionate to something about the, the warrior whose body it is. Um, and... I have this one thought, it's not very well formulated, but it's something like this. Um, if the life that has been lost was very valuable, um, is there some kind of necessity then to think that there's some lasting consequence to that loss, right? In other words, something very unsatisfying about thinking that, well, that's it for Patroclus, he's dead. And so there's nothing about him that continues. Because if you say that, on, on some level, I think, aren't you saying, well, actually, Patroclus's value was finite, right? He had some value, and then all of a sudden it went to zero because he got killed. So is the body um, after death, its condition after death, a way of trying to prolong uh, the existence of the living thing and therefore somehow... Um, endorse its its high value well i think so, something to separate initially is just the 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 rational versus the instinctual right mm -hmm. like the, i think that we can i mean let's just do it as an assumption or a hypothesis or um, a postulate and allow me this um that this isn't rational right that that doing what menelaus and ajax and the other greeks are doing is not necessarily rational um it might it it's it's more instinctual you know because they're making they're just deciding this they're just acting i don't even know if they are deciding mm -hmm. um and so then maybe you ask like why is it instinctual like the 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 point that you just made about glaucus like that almost seems rational right mm -hmm. um cutting off the head however seems also to be instinctual right that hector is just throwing that in the mix um out of instinct that he wants to defile the corpse right obviously a fully mm -hmm. intact corpse would be more easily tradable or hypothetically be easier tradable to sarpedon than somebody with his head cut off um so i guess i'm asking like why is it the instinctual 
uh, reaction to uh, from Menelaus and Ajax and the other Greeks to try to save the body. Like what makes mm-hmm. it, you know, immediate, action oriented and instinctual. Um, and like I, I mean, I can actually I'll let you guys take a stab at that, and then I can <laughs> if you have any. I have a thought, but I yeah. You know, well, let me let me give a very brief stab, <laughs> not a, a, a short blow here. Uh, he mattered so much to me; he can't be dead. Mm. Yeah, how how does that match up with yours? I I like that. Um, I think there's also a justice component to it, right? Mm. Um, that like you took his life, but you don't get to take him. Like um, that we accept to some degree that, you know, men on the battlefield, like, will die. But if we have to die to get his body back, then my, you know, and my instincts are telling me if we have to die to get his bodies back, then that's what we're going to do. And that, and, and honestly, I think where, where that happens um, is not when it's a, I feel like the only times I've, I've read about that or kind of, um, seen that feeling is is either when uh you know good leaders get killed uh it's like you know we got to go get the we got to go get the skipper's body mm-hmm. um or it's when uh guys that are beloved you know get killed like and and and, and people that are not just not just uh warriors not just you know a marine but somebody that just everybody cares about everybody gives a shit about Mm -hmm. and a lot of times that's that's the guys that are like maybe not supposed to be there you know Mm -hmm. it's like the corpsman you know uh and patroclus served you know in the medical tent for a big you know chunk of this book and so it's like if the doc gets hit like Mm -hmm. you go get the doc you know that that your instinct is that that's you know not necessarily what you should do uh in in you know, combat is like drop everything and go get the doc's body or go save the doc if he's wounded. But it's what your instinct kind of tells you to do. Um, Mm -hmm. And so like, and I don't know if you can exactly analyze instinct and that's why I'm using like a vague term like beloved, right? That, that people that are overly beloved, you would do that too. Because, you know, kind of like what we're talking about, about value is that you value their body more than your own life. Which is innately irrational. Yeah, they certainly say things like this about Patroclus. He was so gentle, right? They say we, we couldn't bear that his body should be mutilated. He was so gentle, right? There's a remark, something like that. Um, yeah, I wonder how the other side would think about the core man. You know, would they be especially uh, inclined to mutilate that body like they seem to be in the case of Patroclus or would they you know similarly be sympathetic he wasn't really a warrior or at least he wasn't solely a warrior he was here for other reasons he was trying to help people right yeah so the justice question on the other side is interesting um maybe just one one more quick observation on this um my my recollection of the very beginning of the Iliad is that there's a distinction like this that um, between the souls that go to Hades, go to the underworld, and the bodies that become food for dogs, right? And so it looks like there's a, there's a kind of um, attempt there to think about the body as something that persists after death and whose fate you need to be concerned about after death, even from the beginning of the Iliad. And it might be another version of worrying about somebody's soul. 
Yeah. There's also, there's, that's a question I've always been going to ask. Um, is in one of the books, Menelaus, uh, Homer mentions that Menelaus uh, is bound for Elysium. And he's the only only character in the Iliad that's mentioned that is like, you know, he will spend attorney in Elysium, like, which is exactly, dear listener, what you think it is from the Gladiator movie. You know, just the <laughs> just the really nice, sunny, beautiful all the time. You could be with your family, frolic in the wheat fields, and yada yada yada. Um, and it's like, wait, what? Why? Why does why does Menelaus get to do that? And everybody else is just like, well, well, welcome to Hades. Here you go. Um, it's just curious. Anyway, uh, yeah, a little longer episode today because, you know, it's Patroclus body. We all care about it. Um, so thank you, Jeff. Uh, thank you, Shiloh. That's uh, book 17. Uh, you can follow us at Combat and Classics on the socials. You can email us, combatandclassics at gmail.com. And uh, tune in next week for, for book 18 of the Iliad. And thank you to your listeners for being on this journey with you. And uh, thanks again, Jeff and Shiloh.